You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the final part of our show, we get a view from Singapore from Michael Switow, Singapore-based author and journalist. Good morning, Michael. Hey, good morning, Nathan. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? Great. Great to talk to you this morning. So, I mean, the, the rhetoric from the last few years has been about Singapore and how great it's all been doing. Um, we've, we keep hearing about all the fantastic growth that's coming through. Um, but is this starting to filter through? Are we into the profits? I mean, looking at, say, the three largest listed banks, TBS, ACBC, and UAB, it seems that they are reporting strong profits. But how does that actually compare to the rest of the region? Yeah, we are neck deep in earnings season here in Singapore. And it, it is also worth pointing out from a big picture point of view, uh, GDP could be slowing down. So the government has lowered its forecast range for the year. Now, I think you raise a really interesting point, which is to contrast how Singapore's listed banks are doing with HSBC. And I want to take a step back. You know, if you take an economics or an investing course, they'll teach you that there are two primary ways that an investor can make money when buying a stock, right? One, share price can go up. Or two, the company can pay out dividends. And theoretically, investors shouldn't have a preference between the two, unless maybe they're tax considerations, because either way, they make money. Well, if we compare Singapore's three listed banks with HSBC, it's a textbook case in these two different approaches. All four banks are reporting strong profits. HSBC's profits more than doubled in the first half of the year. Here in Singapore, the results weren't quite as strong, but they're really good. DPS reported a 50% jump for the second quarter. It netted 2.7 billion Singapore dollars. That is a record amount. OCBC and UOB also posting double-digit gains. But listen, if you look at their share prices, HSBC is definitely outperforming the Singapore banks. Its share price is up 28% since the beginning of the year. Here in Singapore, even though the banks are doing really well, shares of DBS and UOB have actually lost ground since January. UOB is down 6%. DBS is off about 1%. OCBC doing a bit better, but nothing really compared to HSBC. OCBC stock is up a modest 3.5% gain. But wait, right? That's only the share price. Like I said a moment ago, we need to look at dividend payments too, and this is where you see the difference. UOB's share price may be down, but the bank is paying out 85 cents a share in first half dividends. DBS and OCBC are paying out about 40 to 48 Singapore cents a share. That is a lot, lot higher than HSBC. And I should also point out that HSBC is consciously choosing share price over dividends because it's in the midst of a two billion US dollar share buyback program. Okay. Um, so if you take those short share prices and dividends into account, I mean, which one would you state are currently the best performance then? Well, you got to look at the total returns. And if you want to look at both, actually, let me take a step back and, and say, why are Singapore's banks doing better? And I'd say it's two words, interest rates. Higher interest rates may have been bad news for mid-sized banks in the U.S. and for companies that owe money here in Singapore, but they've been good news for the banks because all three are reporting higher net interest margins. They've been able to raise the rates that they charge on credit cards, mortgages, and other loans a lot more than they've had to pay in interest fees to depositors. So if answer your question, like who's doing better, I crunched the numbers, and i got to say that honor still belongs to HSBC. Between its share price and dividend payment, HSBC is currently paying out a total return of nearly 30% since the beginning of the year. 
Uh, and as good as the profits are, investors here in Singapore don't seem to be nearly as enthusiastic about the shares of Singapore banks. To be fair, HSBC is a much larger financial institution than any of Singapore's banks. In fact, if you look at its market cap, it's actually greater than that of GBS, OCBC, and UOB added together. Okay. Well, I know in addition to tracking the Singapore markets, I mean, you tend to follow the hospitality and the attraction space very, very closely. Um, how are they performing in Singapore? And is there any standout performers that you want to highlight in that sector? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I heard in your previous segment you were talking about the increase in Chinese tourism. And from people who I've been speaking with, uh, yes, Chinese tourists are starting to come back, but not as much as they were before. Still, the attractions industry is doing a lot better, which makes sense, than it was during the pandemic years. And one company that's caught my mind is the Singapore-listed counter Sim Leisure Group. It's a Malaysian company, and it generally focuses on attractions that require a relatively small capital investment. If you go up to its escape theme park in Penang, one of the highlights is the world's longest water slide. It runs through the forest, and it's more than a kilometer in length. They also have the world's longest zip line up there. Well, Sim Leisure is making headlines for a few reasons. Uh, for one thing, it's going to reopen the Kizania Family Entertainment Center here in Singapore. Listen, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Kizania, but one is coming to Hong Kong at K11's 11 Skies project out by the airport. Uh, Kizania has a pretty cool concept. Kids get to dress up and pretend they're firefighters, models, TV broadcasters, you know, all sorts of adult professions. Well, here in Singapore, Kizania went out of business a few years ago. And Sim Leisure made a successful bid to purchase all of its fixtures at bargain basement prices. Uh, I spoke to the company's founder, Sim Fu Cheng, about this. Uh, he says he just took a stab in the dark. He put in a bid of about $100,000, didn't really expect to win the tender, hadn't even seen what was inside the facilities, but then won. And it turns out to say the fixtures are really good. So he's going to reopen Kizania, Singapore, early next year. And in addition to those professions I mentioned, he's going to do some new ones like Internet influencer and environmentalist. Uh, if you look at Sim's stock, it suffered a bit of a sell-off yesterday, but it's still up 150% over the past year. Okay, we've got about 30 seconds left. Um, I also, I mean, I know REITs, for example, are the most important sectors in Singapore. But how are they doing? Uh, REIT profits really have not been very good. Uh, they've been affected by those interest rates we mentioned earlier. So interest rates are helping the banks, but REITs owe money, they have debt, and those interest rates are taking a big cut out of their bottom line. Um, for example, I mean, we're seeing companies like BHG Retail REIT. It focuses on retail space in China. They cut their distributions recently to unit holders by more than 50%. Um, I should point out that there are still REITs that pay good distributions, at least if you compare it to inflation. Uh, Cromwell European REIT reported earnings yesterday, and even though it's cut those distributions, it still has a 10% dividend yield. All right. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have um, this morning, but I would like to thank you for coming on. That was Michael Switow, a Singapore-based journalist. Uh, so thank you.